Yes. But we're not live yet, Ruben. We're streaming, but we're not live. It means we're recording as well. Oh. Oh. Ready to record? Uh, emotionally. Now I'm recording. We're live. <clears throat> Welcome to the worst of the best podcast. You wanted the best. Well, they didn't freaking make it. So here's what you get. From Canada, Ryan and Ruben. Welcome to the worst... Wait, are we live? Just wait. That's <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, welcome to the Worst of the Best podcast. I am your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, for this podcast is my brother, Ruben. Good day. Good day, mate. So I shouldn't do that anymore. Have, you, have you done good day, mate? Before? We, uh, as you know, I do all the editing for these podcasts and uh-huh. listen to the actual show after it's edited. And for whatever reason, I've done the good day, mate, on this particular podcast... Probably that's the third third time, which is th- three times too many. I wonder why that is. I don't know. <laughs> but good day, Ruben. How are you? Good evening. Actually. Good evening, yes. It's uh, 7.15, beautiful April day, and let's get down to it. We've got a really exciting topic today. Today, we are going to be choosing the worst from the best top 10 replacement lead singers. Yes. Ruben, you and I have been big music fans. Huge music fans. And some of these... Bands, if not a, I would say seventy percent of these bands, you and I legitimately enjoy. Yeah. That we're about to go over. Some of them are we're not very, fam- at least I wasn't as familiar with some of the early singers from bands that are popular, but some of the early days. Mm-hmm. When you think of a band, no matter how good the other musicians are, do you find yourself you, just watching the lead singer? You have to watch the lead singer. Why is that? I don't know. You're the, the, the focal point. Well, they often refer to as the front man. Sure. Yeah. Or front woman. Front person. Front person. Person in the front. But it's weird how much emphasis we put on the singing. The singing ties it all together. It does. It ties it all together. Now, the reason why I got the idea for this episode, I was reading an interview with, I can't even think of his name, John Corby. John Corby from, uh, yeah, one of the uh, replacement singers. The the one and only replacement singer that Molly Carver had. Yeah. Yeah. I always kind of felt bad for him. Yeah. But after reading it, I didn't feel bad for him. What do you mean? It's the high point of his career. Yeah, he he loves that he did that. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. He's like, I'm the other singer for Motley Crue. Yeah, There's only he, two singers, me and Vince. <laughs> and he was with the band for years. Yeah, he was with them for a little bit. In fact, he was recording. Like for five years, I think. He actually was in the studio recording their Generation Swine album. He was originally going to sing that on that album. Oh, boy. Yeah, so. But if, if I could spend five years being like the singer for Guns N' Roses... Sure. You know what I mean? I guess uh, Scott Weiland kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. That's a, that's a deep cut for any of our GNR fans that know about the Velvet Revolver. So imagine the Rolling Stones without Mick Jagger. You know, I, I might listen to them more. Okay. How about Led Zeppelin without Robert Plant? <laughs> I would care less. Well, we have Greta Van Fleet. Who? Yeah. The Who with Roger Daltrey. So these are the kind of these bigger, older bands that have uh-huh. been around and they're old. You couldn't have a different kind of lead singer. Sure. 
Let's go into uh, number 10. So I think they've kind of placed an order of... Wow, I how, didn't even think of this yeah. one. So I think the order that this list... This is coming from VH1. I think their criteria when I went through the list was kind of a combination. How big is the band? Sure. Because there's been thousands of bands yeah, that have had yeah, secret yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of like how big was the band uh-huh. and how much in the zeitgeist were they in the public at the time and did this change help? I think their idea of this list is all of these changes helped the band. Because when I went through it, if it wasn't a helping the band, it was at least a lateral move. It didn't hurt the band. So John Corby is not mentioned? So John Corby replacing Vince Neil from Molly Crew is definitely not on this list. So that's why wow, we, wow, so this wow. is why it's worse or the best. Because that's, that's a huge... Uh... Stop it. So these... No, it is oh, huge. What do you mean huge? Like We're replacing the singer from Motley Crue? Well, that's big, but what I mean is the result was bad. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of okay, yeah. so it's either a lateral move. We'll talk about those ones that was like how you. But you, would it have been a lateral move though if it was done like ten years earlier? I don't know. I earlier no, it would have been worse because they were in their they were in their peak, and I think that John Crowby is good of a singer and as an artist actually that he is, and people that know him. If anyone actually listens to this podcast knows who John Crowby, he's actually a talented musician and performer. But he just, it's like putting a round peg into a square hole that okay. it just didn't fit the band's persona with sure. their party atmosphere. And they and this Vince Neil was the face of the band. So that being said, let's okay. get right into it. So we, we go into Faith No More. And Faith No More. I think you and I should do a Faith No More episode one day. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Is the name of a band? I'm not saying this to my wife. Faith, no more. Oh, yes. Faith, faith, faith no more. Yeah, if yeah. you ever left your wife, you could just say, faith, no more. Yeah. Or if she's irritating you, you could say, faith, no more. Or Would that I, work? Or trying to give you more food. And I'm stuffed. Okay, that's probably the safest one. Faith, no more food. Okay. <laughs> so, Faith, no more is and still but was a highly popular band in the 90s. They still remain a fan, cult favorite. They don't have the following that they used to have, just because times change. But people that are Faith, no more fans today, such as ourselves... If they were playing, we would, and they were playing locally, we'd go see. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that being said, they actually had an original singer, and the this singer Chuck Mosley was on their first two albums. And when you and I listened, two albums, two albums That's yeah, crazy. So when you and I started listening to Faith No More, of course, during their big epic was the big hit that we, you know, like everyone. That's yeah. the one we got introduced by them. Yeah, I don't want to spoil our future show probably on these guys, but it's. Epic is not a song I listen to anymore, is what I'm saying. It's, but it was the song that introduced us, but sure. I moved on from Epic. But that being said, when we found out, wait a minute, because this is before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, there was another singer? That's how you get away with it. Yeah, I guess so. So let's uh, check out. So what, how we're going to do this criteria, ladies and gentlemen, is I've queued together some video clips, and I've made sure they're all live performances. Some of the quality isn't that great, and I apologize for that. I forgive uh, But what I did for Faith No More, I actually took Chuck Mosley performing live one of his songs, and then I contrast that with Mike Patton doing Jeez. singing a Chuck Mosley song live. Okay. Just to give you an idea. So basically, did Mike Patton... It was his replacement better for the band? Well, yes, it was. So what our criteria will be, Ruben, is... Which of the replacements, all the, the all these replacements in this top ten list, helped the band or was at least a lateral move? Which one do we think is just the worst replacement? Sure. That, that's how yeah, we're yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So we're not really arguing that any of these replacements hurt the band. So now just give me a second for those who are watching live. I just got to find my multitude of tabs where the Faith No More is because it's here. There it is. Okay. Uh, here's a live recording of Chuck Mosley, 1987. So the quality's not that great. Singing the song Spirit and just a little bit of it, of course. Oh, my God. 
Ribbon said that's enough. Okay. So that's Chuck Mosey live. Okay, so now here's Mike Patton in 2015 sing, singing the same song. I credit he has the advantage of the... The sound quality is better just because, you know, the recording equipment is better, sure. but the soundboards are better. So Mike Patton is just an incredible vocalist. And his energy that he brings to the stage and everything is just... Uh, and Chuck Mosley, rest in peace, by the way. He won't be doing any more tours with the band. Mike Patton, when he replaced Chuck Mosley, I think it was a good replacement. Well, yeah. So the thing with Mike is he can sing anything. Yeah. So, so he's actually kind of singing less than what he's able to he's, sing. He's yeah. dumbing it down. Yeah, that's right. He's that's going right. down to Chuck's level. Yeah, he, Chuck can never go no. to... Mike's level. No, so yeah, so Mike Patton here is singing at a Chuck level, but with the Mike Patton uh, ability. He's just... And it, of course, people in their own time, you can see this guy can sing a wide range. and, and But yeah, so he, he takes the Chuck song and betters it, but just the nature of the song can't be much better. Sure. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's go to our next band, ROE Speedwagon. So Kevin Cronin... This uh-huh. is kind of interesting. He's the singer that replaced Terry Ruttrell and Mike Murphy. So they had two singers before Kevin Cronin. But this is the weird thing. Their first album was Terry Ruttrell. Their second album was Kevin Cronin. He left the band due to creative differences. Uh-huh. Then they replaced Kevin with Mike Murphy. And then Mike Murphy was replaced back with Kevin again for their fourth album. Weird. Weird. Yeah. So here is a little version of... They're, they're lucky. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like, when I say they, I mean the other musicians. Oh, what do you mean? Explain. Well, everything is lynched on who the singer is. Like, if they put out an instrumental album, nobody would listen to it. Right. So they're lucky that they still have careers of, like, flip-flopping with all those singers. So we'll talk about the first singers. The first singer is... Uh, what's his name? It's... Ter- Terry. Yeah, Terry Luttrell. So here's the live version... 157 Riverside Avenue, live ROSV wagon. <laughs> it's a great mustache. If you're watching this live, this man is carrying what can only be described as the fuzziest, fullest mustache you've ever seen. Okay, so there's the first singer for ROSV wagon, and he never came back. That's uh, Terry. Okay, then he was replaced by Kevin, but we won't go to him right now. Third sort of was Mike Murphy, but he was replaced again by Kevin. You're following this. But here's Mike Murphy. And Mike Murphy's got a huge, like, uh, Wizard of Oz, the lion mane. Yes, yes. (laughs) I I was trying to... It's, it's a force, the hair. Yeah. So that's for the storm called... Sorry, that's the song called Riding the Storm Out. It was actually a very big hit with the Mike Murphy-led R.O. Speedwagon. But then Kevin came back, and he's got his own full set of hair here if you're watching this live with us. But uh, here we go. And I love this song. So you could tell that the songs uh, increased with energy and quality. Sure. So Kevin came in, and R.O. Speedwagon never looked back. 
saw this documentary about rich kids. And one of the rich kids on the documentary was the son of, I think the drummer of REO Speedwagon. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I did. I was like, really? Like, I know the name, but like, are really, are they that big? I guess so. Big enough to have their kid be in a documentary about rich kids. That's interesting. Yeah. REO Speedwagon, they're pretty big. I mean, they, they've sold millions of albums. Yeah, and yeah. Their, their fans are our parents' age type sure, thing. Sure. You know, and that's going to be us one day listening to these bands. And yeah, so. I guess so. I guess so. But there's other old bands that I, I still dig. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like R.O. Speedway. I've actually listened to some of their stuff. It's interesting. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay, so now Deep Purple, obviously a very big popular band, but they've had like four almost different bands. Like they've had so many member changes. If you go on Wikipedia and look at their member changes, it's like astronomical. You know, crazy. But there was a time that they're, that they're the original crew and their first singer's name was. Rod Evans. So he was the first singer. And I got a performance here from 1968. And this gives you an idea of what Deep Purple sounded like. 51 years ago. Yes! 51 years ago. This is 1968. 51 years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. That's how long they've been around. That's Richie Blackmore on the guitar. Right there. Such a fantastic outfit the singer's wearing. So there you go. That's Deep Purple. I forget the name of the song. I apologize. Uh, what is it? Hush. That's right. That's one of their biggest hits back in the day. Rod Evans was replaced by British belter Ian Gillen. And, of course, he made the song famous Smoke on the Water. And I thought I had it queued up, so just give me a sec. If I don't, we're not going to worry about it too much. We all know Smoke on the Water, but I had another song queued up. Uh, okay, I'm not going to worry about it. Just because... I guess I don't have it. Sorry, guys. So we all know Smoke on the Water. We don't have to hammer that out again. And I think the band really reached a new level with Ian Gillen. Sure. Yeah. This is why they're making the top ten. There's no argument here that any of these singers, I think, helped the bands out become become a more popular band. Purple replaced Gillen with Future White Snake. Deep Purple replaced Ian Gillen with Future White Snake frontman David Coverdale. So, again, this lineup has changed numerous times. Crazy. So even Gillen was... I don't know what David uh, yeah. Coverdale is. Yeah, he actually did a couple albums with them uh, that were also very popular because Deep Purple is just kind of a popular band. But I think these changes over the years kind of hurt the band. So number seven, Journey. Believe it or not, Journey had a singer before Steve Perry. I don't believe it. Well, you have to, Ruben. You gave me the choice. The singer, though, was Greg Rowley. Do you know who Greg Rowley was in relation to the band? He was the keyboardist. Okay. He was so the keyboardist was the singer. Was the singer, and what happened was, is they were making pretty good music, but the producers were like, "Man, you guys are making good music, but Greg, you're not the greatest singer." This is like the four albums in, <laughs> so they weren't quite reaching the charts. Before we talk about Steve's entry, we'll just give you a sample here of Greg's uh, what he sounded like. Here's some early concert footage in 1974 of Journey. So here's the keyboard scene. So you even got that little sample there of Greg's singing abilities. Not very strong. 
Not terrible. No, I can't. Seriously, I can't. I can't sing. But I hate to say it, it's well, his job to sing. Well, <laughs> he's the lead singer. He's a great keyboardist, I would assume. Sure. And probably a great songwriter. But uh-huh. you can kind of sense just in his vocals there that there's even that little snippet. It doesn't there, have the X factor. Yeah. No. It's. Yeah, so good for him, but the four albums in, they're like, no, you got to replace So he actually wrote the song, of course. He wrote the song, Wheel in the Sky Keeps Turning, yeah. and he couldn't do it. And the records are the record label's kind of like, this is a good song. Find somebody that can sing it. Wow. So they did. That's pretty humbling. Here's a live performance, Steve Perry singing that very song. You can tell that's that, that's nineteen seventy whatever. No, you know, no, no audio box. That's or, just who he is. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Job well done, Greg, for uh, doing that. Greg, so in a weird way, he was kind of replaced, but he wasn't. He still remained a member of the band. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of interesting. He remained a member. Obviously, <laughs> like, they didn't kick him off the keyboard. Sure, sure. Because he's also a songwriter in the band. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to know you got to step aside. Yeah. Now here's one, Ruben, that you probably, I, of course, you know. Yeah, I do. Okay, know. so Genesis, they have a huge repertoire of albums it's crazy how much stuff they have Uh and they are actually were and are quite popular but of course they're pretty much retired at this point their first three albums phil collins was not on their album the first two or three albums peter gabriel the first singer of genesis who went on to a great solo career of course phil collins went on to a very successful solo career both came from genesis but phil joined as the drummer i think in the third or fourth album it was that late so he joined Third or fourth album, which was still like late sixties, early seventies, mm-hmm. joined as a drummer. Did some songs lead vocal, like once every now and then. They kind of recognized right away this guy can sing. Well, we got a drummer and a singer, but Peter sure. Gabriel was still the lead singer uh, until finally that he wasn't. I, I think it was six or seven albums in. I forget the name. I'm not a Genesis fan, so I don't remember the names of the album. But we'll give you a sample here of Peter Gabriel singing. Uh, this is 1972. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's playing the flute now. Okay. So, wow. Uh, yeah, wow. so that's Peter Gabriel. He lasted with the band for quite some time, went on to sing that song, Sledgehammer. Yeah, I love Sledgehammer. Sure. There's a few Peter Gabriel songs I really like. Well, that probably wasn't the best snippet. Make of try this one here. There is someone, someone who will care when I need it. So there you can hear a little bit more yeah, of the Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite young here, so but young. He, to his credit, he stepped away from that type of music. He did. He's singing more in his range. Sure. Yes, he is. Phil has a greater range, I think. Oh, Phil's great. Recognize guitarist? That's Mike from Mike Mechanics. He did this whole album. Oh, okay. yeah. So there's Phil singing live. Sounds great. That's the Webley Stadium uh, concert in 1987. Obviously a great replacement. This was another one of those moves where it benefited the band. Again, that's why it's on the list. Number six. Yeah. Side note. Yeah. I dated somebody who went to high school, Phil's son. 
Wow. Yeah. Speaking of rich kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a home on Salt Spring Island. Oh, wow. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So when we were growing up, Phil Collins was on Salt Spring Island. Now, Ruben, are you familiar with Pantera? I'm not that familiar with them. Of course, no. I know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some of those. But their first singer was Terry Glaze. But I, what I know from Pantera is their first couple albums, they were kind of like very hair metal kind of albums. Oh, okay. And then when they got their new singer, Phil... I'm sorry, I'm going to say it wrong here because I've only seen it print. I've never said oh, it wow. loud. So Phil and Selmo, when they replaced him, they kind of changed their sound. So it was one of those situations where the, when you get a new singer you change your whole sound sure sure so they kind of went to the more heavy metal crunch sound yeah. with the new singer so their first albums are very hair metal like quiet riot type songs wow I yeah. did not know that so here's a really bad live recording uh, to give you a sample of Terry Glaze <laughs> it's a great last name Yeah. Hey, Greg. Greg's uh, joined the chat. Greg, welcome to the show, as always. He's asked how we're doing. Ruben, how you doing? Want to let Greg know how we're doing? I'm doing really well, Greg. <laughs> Greg, Greg LePage. The Page. So that's Pantera with the first singer, Terry Glaze. And then the, What's Terry Glaze up to these days? I'm sure on YouTube you can find out. He's been interviewed a few times, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we got uh, Cowboys from Hell was our big hit from Pantera. This is live in Moscow in 91. Remember that show? Yeah. So as far as quality of singing, it's, it's it's that's the style of their music here. But you can see the energy level is different. The crowds into it. The sound is actually completely different. So again, this replaces why they rated this number five. It took this band from a kind of a cheesy hair metal band. To a band that was respected by many people and influenced a lot of other bands. They got their fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Ruben, we're getting into the uh, high numbers here. Number four. So Ronnie James Deal replaced Ozzy Osbourne for Black Sabbath. 1980. That's Sabbath in the 70s were the... They well, I mean, obviously, they influenced old metal. Yeah. <laughs> they they created heavy metal. Black Sabbath is the creators of a lot of the music that you and I enjoyed as teenagers until this day. Uh, Ozzy left and had a very very successful solo career, but Black Sabbath continued with uh, Ronnie James Dio. Sure. <laughs> Any thoughts on Dio before we play it, Rue? Uh, Pick of Destiny. Yeah. Is any on that show? Yeah, uh, he's in Pick of Destiny. He's uh, also R.I.P. to uh, James Dio. He's up there with Chuck Mosley. Yeah, Chuck Chuck Mosley and Dio are together in heaven. Yeah, or hell, heaven or hell, heaven and hell, Black Sabbath. So here's a Dio singing some live heaven and hell. Different sound than Ozzy. Oh yeah. We can sing though. Oh yes. <laughs> He's always doing that. <laughs> the devil horns. Okay, so there's Dio. Yes, he is a legend in the rock industry, metal industry. He can sing. He's a short little Jewish guy. He can really well. Keep in mind, he replaced Ozzy. Uh, here's Ozzy singing NIB, 1970. And he's now 70. Yeah. Wow. So this was, do the math for me, Rube. This was 49, year, 49, 49 years ago. 49 years ago. So here's Ozzy almost 50 years ago. Yeah. 
has no idea where he is right now. Oh, poor, <laughs> poor Ozzy. I love him. Uh, who doesn't love Ozzy? Yeah, hopefully he gets better. Yeah, for sure. So keep in mind, I actually showed those videos in the wrong order. I was supposed to. I should have shown yeah, Ozzy, Ozzy first because Deal replaced Ozzy. My apologies. So <sighs> Ronnie's a better singer. Ozzy's a better front man with a more distinctive voice that I'd rather listen to. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So now we're getting to some of the bands that you and I really, truly listened to as uh, teenagers. Uh, we all remember the day that Van Halen uh, replaced David Lee Roth founding uh, singer, well, not founding member, but the first singer of Van Halen did all their hits from ni- 1979 to 1983 with the 1984 album. Hugely successful band. So first, let's get a sample of David Lee Roth live with Van Halen singing the song Unchained. This is at the Oakland Coliseum. Speaking of frontmen, David Lee Roth is the constant uh, frontman. Yeah, he's fantastic. So we all know the argument is here, and you're going to hear that Sammy is a better singer. He's a better singer both in the studio and live. He has a better vocal range. That's that's his talent. And he's a great guy, and he's a nice guy, too. He's yeah, actually a yeah. great guy. The 80s. Yeah. How are they so lucky to have two great frontmen? They hit the jackpot. Yeah, this is the lateral move I was talking about, with, and I was thinking of this band in particular, where I am truly, equally, for different reasons, a fan of both versions. Like, yeah. I hate comparing it. I've seen David Lee Roth with Van Halen live twice now. I've not seen Sammy live with Van Halen. Yeah. Well, no, 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 with Van Halen. No, okay. Our brother Jason has. Didn't you come with us when we saw... I know it's not with Van Halen. The David Lee Roth Sammy tour? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did see that tour, but Jason actually saw the Balance tour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. With Sammy. And he's listening. He can tell me if I'm wrong. But that being said, the division for the Van Halen fandom is very strong between David and Sammy's. I, I say I love them both. Yeah, the same. Yeah. For different reasons. Yeah, yeah. So this is a lateral move for me. I can, yeah. I can listen to any Van Halen version. Number two, Bruce, uh, Iron Maiden, one of the largest bands in the world. Did you know they had a first singer? I, I did. Okay, good. Paul Diano did the first two albums, and they're really, actually really, really good albums. And I don't know what the mindset was back in those days when he was replaced by Bruce, but when, but Bruce he's one of the greatest vocals in metal history. Okay. So, I'll uh, give you a little sample here of Paul Diano. So, Paul Diano is not the same level of singer as Bruce, but he still was a fun, a fun front man for Iron Maiden. So here's an early performance, 1981. Yeah. yeah. And he was absolutely wasted his whole career. That's one of the reasons. That's the bad. Yeah. I thought I was gonna get some singing. Sorry. We got some yaws in there. Yeah. There we go. That's the founding member right there. Come on, where's the singing? Sorry, guys. I thought I had it queued up. Looks like he's doing like a heavy metal Elvis impersonation. Yeah, yes. I gotta find some singing. I had it queued up. That's why I had to replace them. No, no, no. He can sing. I shall return. There we go. From out of 
So Paul Deano wrote some really, really cool, great stuff. Greg had a couple comments here. I'll get to you in a second there, Greg. We'll refer to you in just a sec. So then Paul was replaced with Bruce. Got into Iron Maiden. Listen to this carry though. Still going. Bruce is awesome. Uh, you know what's funny, Ribbon? I Growing up, I didn't listen to Iron Maiden. I like his solo album. Yeah, his solo albums were fun. And in fact, a lot of Iron Maiden fans do like his solo albums, actually. Because yeah. he's a great talent. A nice guy, a pilot in real life, too. And Yeah, I think he just was uh, got some award in Sweden. Like He got like a Dave Bruce Dickinson in Sweden or something there. Sure. Last week, sure. He's, he's beloved. He is. He really is. And, uh, he flew the band around 10 years ago on, his, on their yeah. own jet. Yeah. Look <laughs> at You single in over 40, room? There's no. an advertisement. Okay. No. Okay. Like yes and no, or no and yes. Yeah. I say. Yeah. Yeah. I am over forty, but if I go to the site, I'll be single. <laughs> okay. Uh, Greg had a couple questions. He first said, "I've never listened to Pantera, so I wouldn't be able to know the difference with the new singer or not." Yeah, that was tough for us too, Greg. We just wanted to at least show the difference between the two singers and their sounds, because we can still judge to see if it was the worst of the replacement singers. Covering Journey, yeah, at the beginning of this episode, we did get to Journey. I think Journey was number eight or nine for the top ten. So you have to go back and listen to the beginning. Okay, last one. Probably the greatest replacement that happened in, on this list, that's why it's number one, is you have Brian Johnson replacing Bon Scott of ACDC. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you stopping there? Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, Brian Johnson, I need you to bring that up. Brian. <laughs> So Brian Johnson, 1980, released with uh, a year, not even a year after the death of Bon Scott, they released Back in Black. And Highway to Hell was a hugely successful album. They went on to sell 100 million copies. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) And it's such a good album. It is an incredible album. There's no list in the world that Back in Black would ever be the worst of. It's impossible. So there's no mystery here. So this is one of those extremely lateral moves. Now, I love Bon Scott. And I love Brian Johnson. And both singers had their own style. And the Angus Young and Malcolm played to the singer style. They really did change. They made with uh, uh, Brian a little bit more of a, a sleazy rock. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Bon Scott, it was more of a bluesy rock. Because if whatever their voices were, you know, for their tone for their voice. So here we go. But here's a little bit of Bon Scott live in 77 at the Hippodrome singing TNT. I love how there's women to the left of him and women to the right. That's great. There you go. And there, here's some uh, Thunderstruck with uh, Brian Johnson at the River Plate concert. And we said this before in our ACDC episode. Go back and listen to that, ACDC fans. This River Plate concert is amazing. I was killed! So I love Brian. Now Brian got sick. He got some ear damage, and they were on tour on their last tour, the the Rocker Bus tour. 
they replaced Brian in a pinch with none other than Axl Rose. Yeah, so Axl Rose, according to Wikipedia, is actually the official lead singer of ACDC right now. Yes, though it did show that they're in uh, Vancouver uh, recording a new album. And that, al- that album... With Phil Rudd. Yeah, we don't know yet, officially, who's singing on that album. It could be multiple singers. It could be multiple singers, yeah. That'd be kind of in- interesting. So there you go. Ruben, I know this is a little bit longer than we anticipated because yeah, we yeah, yeah. to go through. I apologize. Sure. I, I forgive you, Ryan. Okay. So out of that list, Ruben, all these bands had success. At, basically, this list is all these bands had success, if not greater success, with their new singers. But which one is the worst replacement? I'm going to go with bands that I'm fans of. Sure. Uh, opposed to something like REO Speedwagon. Sure. Pantera. Sure. Th- they're not on my, my play. Okay. So which one has the worst replacement singer? I guess you'd argue, which one do you wish didn't get replaced? Oh, easy. Yeah. Hands down, Ozzy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, me- meaning Ozzy should have stayed. With James Rios. He seems like a nice guy, or was a nice guy. Yeah, he was. He's well loved. Loved by the, him in the Pick of Destiny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a plug to that old movie. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I, I remember... When I was first introduced to him, he was already you know a singer, but he he didn't speak to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I wasn't interested in what this guy had to sing no. about. So you and I were kids when Black Sabbath had Dio. We, in fact, the first time I probably listened to really Black Sabbath or James Dio was the singer because oh, I was yeah, five. Yeah, I was yeah. five years old when he replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I knew Ozzy as a solo artist first, Absolutely. and then people were like, "Oh, he sang for that band, Black Sabbath." Like, what? Yeah. That being said, yeah, Oz, it, it, the world where Ozzy never left the Sabbath would have been an interesting universe to live in. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have continued. I think. Ah, uh, sure, sure. Life. It worked out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, I guess so. And I, I, for the record, I saw the original lineup of Black Sabbath live in 2000 during the Ozzy's uh, tour. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. I was looking to buy tickets for Ozzy and Megadeth this July, but uh, Ozzy. His health. Yeah. It's been postponed. So Greg had a comment here. He said the worst replacement has to be when the Beatles replaced Paul after he died. Oh, <laughs> That's true. That didn't make the list, It, it didn't make the list. Yeah, that didn't make the list. So anyways, thanks for watching, everybody. Remember to give us a review on iTunes or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. It helps us out. Spotify. Spotify. Yep, we're on Spotify as well. Remember, in front of every silver lining. Yes, what is there? There's a cloud, and we're here to help you find it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Okay, we're still we're still streaming, so don't say anything bad. Nickelback's the best. They can never replace Chad Crow.